This is The Jerry Callahan Show. All right, first of all, uh, let the record show I did not cry. I almost cried, but I didn't cry. Help, I'm, I'm, I'm too much of a man to cry because some aging, wrinkly rocker passed away. But that was devastating news to wake up to Saturday morning for me and millions of others. Jimmy Buffett is no longer with us. I did not know he was sick. I know he was playing shows. He was playing a show in Rhode Island in July. I guess he had a very aggressive form of skin cancer that spread and killed him at the age of 76. I, I don't remember seeing like one of my favorite musical acts, one of my favorite singers pass away surprisingly, stunningly like this. Obviously, you know, they, they die. We're getting old. Everyone, everyone's uh, going to have that day. But that was a real bummer on Labor Day weekend which uh, he sings about uh, in my favorite Jimmy Buffett song, Come Monday. And Labor Day weekend is when he always came to Massachusetts. That's where when I saw him years ago a few times. Hadn't been lately because, uh, I don't know, just didn't seem like it was uh, worth the effort on Labor Day weekend. It's not, it wasn't quite uh, Burning Man, but it was a lot of work to go see Jimmy and the parties in the parking lot were as much fun as the parties in the venue at Great Woods, which is what I call it. It's what he always called it, Great Woods. He was fantastic, and I feel bad for people who never got it. I was tweeting about it all weekend. I was listening to his music. I had my, you know, my Pandora, my Spotify, playing Buffett all weekend, and uh, it was just a real bummer. He's not. He's not gonna do any more shows, make any more music. He was one of those guys I thought would live to be a hundred. He was, you know, obviously he enjoyed himself. He enjoyed life. He was a great writer. He wrote books. I read them all. He wrote great songs, some better than others. I'm not saying I love them all. When you have like hundreds and hundreds of songs, probably thousands, if you took everything he, he made in the last, you know, 50 years, some were better than others, but the whole vibe, you know, the whole genre, he, he's... He's a rare musician who had created an entire genre. There were all kinds of imitators and, and people who were influenced by him, including huge stars like Zach Brown and uh, Kenny Chesney and so many others. But you'd go places in the summer or in the winter, like to Key West. I was at Key West a couple of years ago, stayed at Margaritaville, and Jimmy Buffett was there. And all weekend, we were looking around, you know, going in the restaurant or in the pool area and saying, is he going to pop in here? Never saw him, unfortunately, in person down there. But uh, the whole place, you know, the, the music was piped into the hallways and the pool area and the restaurants. It was all Jimmy Buffett all the time. And that makes everybody a little happier. That's, a, that's the legacy. Jimmy Buffett made you smile. He made you feel good. He made you feel warm. In the dead of winter, he wrote a great song about Boston, uh, about uh, hanging out at Daisy Buchanan's with Derek Sanderson. There's a, uh, there's a video out there of him doing a concert in Great Woods, wearing a Bruins shirt and talking about the time he got drunk with Derek Sanderson and he wrote boat drinks about, uh, uh, about being in Boston when it's 20 degrees and the hockey game's on and nobody cares because they're way too far gone. He shot six holes in his freezer. He thinks he has cabin fever. Just a great song. I'm not sure he played that in all his shows, but he played it in Boston. He told the story, and the legend was 
I'm not sure if this is true, that he stole a cab that night to get back to his hotel. There was a cab idling outside Daisy's. He hopped in and took it home. And uh, he pointed out that he and Derek both have uh, cleaned up over the years and they don't live that way anymore. But uh, he used to, and he was a blast. And uh, his his music, much of it, stands the test of time. I, hell, I listen to, you know, albums or, or songs that are 40, 30, 40 years old. Still, to this day, all weekend, I was cranking it up. I went to a yoga class on Sunday, because that's what I do. And the teacher, who was spectacular, played Buffett the whole class. Not heavy, you know, upbeat Buffett, mellow Buffett, you know, trying to reason with hurricane season and one particular harbor during yoga. And I told her, you should do that every week. That's much better than, you know, new age yoga music. Play Buffett every week. And it just made the class better. But at the same time, it was sad. There's a lot of great uh, farewells penned to Jimmy over the weekend, Paul McCartney, Jason Aldean, uh, Kenny Chesney, all of them saying farewell to a legend. Dave Portnoy has a great blog on this. Portnoy, I didn't know this. I knew he was a big fan of Parrothead, but I didn't know that they were buddies, that he was over his house for lunch, that he was talking business with Jimmy Buffett. Portnoy makes a great point. He obviously is a legend musically and his concerts is you know it, it just the, the 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 lyrics. He's a he was a great songwriter and a great writer. He I mean he wrote novels and nonfiction and he was and it was excellent. But he was a great businessman. Hell, I don't know his net worth. Check his net worth for me, Ironhead. I think it's probably six seven hundred million, maybe more. I mean he has hotels, he has liquor, he has obviously <laughs> music. And uh, guess he, again, guess again. <laughs> Up? Uh-huh. You're kidding. Yeah. Uh, $800 million. A cool billion dollars. He is not. He's worth a billion dollars. I mean, yep. he's not Paul McCartney, but he's bigger than Springsteen. I mean, he's bigger than, well, he's, for now at least, bigger than Taylor Swift. He's not going to be. Maybe, I don't know, a handful of musicians have made more. Uh, uh, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, but but not many. Maybe Neil Diamond. Not many have made a billion dollars in their career. And he was still cranking out the, the concerts and the music and it was fun. And, uh, um, I, 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 I woke up. That was the first thing I saw Saturday morning. And it was just, it hit you like a kick in the nuts. It was like, man, Jimmy Buffett is no longer with us. Taylor Too Swift, bad. uh, current net worth 780 million. Ooh, yes. I think she's going to catch him. I, I think, think so. do you have the, who would be the highest? Who would have the highest net worth among musicians? It's got to be Paul McCartney, I'm guessing. But uh, can't be, I don't think there's many who have topped Jimmy Buffett. Uh, I I just checked the play the the whole lineup at Raining uh, not Raining Man yeah it was Raining Man this year Burning Man, which is just a fascinating thing. We'll get into to the uh, to the whole recap from Burning Man, but I uh, just wanted to do my farewell to JB. My wedding song when they got married was Come Monday, which was a little risky. You know, it's not your traditional, you know, last dance song. It went over huge. Everyone got around and they were singing it and dancing and waving and, you know, to the music. It was a great, if you're getting married anytime soon, I recommend it. Come Monday is a great wedding song and a great song. And anybody, I got a lot of people, you know, lots of people did uh, 
agree with me, felt the same way I did on, on Twitter over the weekend, but there were a few say he sucks. So his music sucks. I feel bad for you that you can't enjoy it because it's just a big, it just makes summer better listening to, to Buffett songs sitting on the deck or whatever on a boat, you know, you know, sitting by a pool at a hotel when Buffett's cranking, everybody just feels a little better. Sir Paul is what? 1.2 billion. Yep. So he's almost as wealthy, almost as wealthy as Paul McCartney. McCartney had a good story, by the way. He uh, posted, I think, on Twitter about hanging out with Jimmy and he didn't have a guitar and he had, so he had his uh, manager or whatever, his handle, one of his guys restring one of the guitars because McCartney, of course, is lefty. And then he gave him a guitar later on and they just became, you know, buddies and uh, everybody. Everybody who met him had good things to say about him. I mean, obviously, a hardcore, driven businessman, entrepreneur. But I think people who hung with him, including Derek Sanders, including Dave Portnoy, all had a great time. So, Jay-Z, $2.5 billion. Yep. Now, check the hippy dippies. That's one of the Burning Man uh, <laughs> bands, which to me was a fascinating story over the weekend because oftentimes when you see big events, whether it's, I don't know, big concerts or, or Super Bowls or just big, you know, Kentucky Derbies, you say, I'd like to go to that someday. I, we all have our bucket list. I would put, uh, mine would be the Masters. I got to get there someday. Haven't been there. I've been to a bunch of Super Bowls. I've been to the Kentucky Derby, you know, been to World Series and NBA Finals and Final Fours and all that, but I have not yet been to the Masters. I've obviously been to the U.S. Open, the Ryder Cup here in Brookline, but uh, someday I'd like to get to the Masters. Every time I watch it, I say, I got to get there, but I don't ever want to go to Burning Man. I think I would be happy to die without ever going to Burning Man. I, I became kind of fixated on this over the last day or two, trying to figure out the appeal of Burning Man. I was watching the videos and reading the stories about it. I, I must have read 10 stories about Burning Man this morning. And my goal was to find out why people do this. <laughs> why, why would you do this? It, the, the traffic jams are historic. We talked about it last week because those climate morons blocked the road, the only road in, and that heroic cop, that trooper rammed through their barricade and arrested them all at gunpoint. That guy, I don't think has been fired yet. That's different. You know, that's Nevada. That's on native land. If that were in whatever, New York or Boston, that cop would have been fired and arrested uh, you know, for harassing these 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 nuisances that, that blocked the road. But we saw the traffic last week. That was before the rain. Then the rain came and just kept coming, and it became one big mud puddle, the whole thing. And I'm saying, are they having fun? Then you read that they're running out of food and water, and the porta-potties are overflowing, and they couldn't tell the mud from the sewage. <laughs> I'm saying... That's the worst place in the world. I mean, I can't, I, you could be in whatever, Karachi, be in Fallujah. And I don't think it would have been as miserable as being in uh, Black Rock City, appropriately named Black Rock City in uh, Nevada for Burning Man. So I'm reading about it saying, what is, what, what's the fun part? Do they like, uh, uh, did, is the drugs, do they have sex? Is like Woodstock? All do they it. think they're making history? So I did a couple things. I went on uh, the uh, uh, Wikipedia to read about Burning Man and read about what the, uh, you know, what the whole point of it is. And then I looked at the bands 
there's Ironhead's got the bands up on the screen right now. Um, I know I'm old. I know I'm out of touch. I've never heard of one of them. <laughs> Literally. How many are up there? Like 50? It's funny. They had bands Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they take Friday off. And then Saturday, the bands start playing at 11 p.m. And they go till 10 a.m. on Sunday. So you, I don't know, man, you must have to take drugs. How do you stay awake for all of this? But some people go there for five days. I know they have campers, tents, but can there be a more miserable place to be? No. Is it really fun to watch trippy hippie, barely great, uh, Aphrodite? Uh, what's so not? What's so not? That's a band. Mandy O'Neill, Boston with only one O. I guess she couldn't have the other O because there's already been a band. Suds, Norman. Who's Norman? I don't know. Meshroom. Uh, Mr. Carmack, Diplo. I've heard of Diplo. There's one. He was with Chris Rock. Chris Rock was hanging with, Chris Rock was stranded at Burning Man in the mud, in the rain, without food and water. He's, he's 58 years old. He's a whatever, 100 millionaire. Chris Rock, what the hell are you doing there, Chris Rock? Explain that. I'm guessing people that went for the first time just to experience it are never going back. It takes a lot to say this was, uh, this was fun. This was not uh, torture. This was not a miserable experience. Sayer, Fly, Iterate, Aya. Have you heard of any of these bands, Ironhead? Any of them? Like I said, I've heard of um, Diplo, and I thought Sayer was Slayer at quick glance, so I thought I knew a second, <laughs> but it wasn't. Jalaya, not Jambalaya, Jalaya. Wiley, Cable, and uh, then the, at 7 a.m. on Sunday, there's like 10 bands that play. They all play at the same time. Then they light the wooden man on fire. But uh, that's not the only reason it sounds miserable. Obviously, in the middle of the desert, the, the, to get out yesterday, to get out it was a seven-hour traffic jam to get out. You're obviously, you're covered in mud. You stink. You're starving. You're thirsty. You're tired. That sounds like the worst place in the world. But I learned uh, what it's all about. It's, they get principles here. Principles for Burning Man. Uh, it says Burning Man uh, and its affiliated communities are guided by 10 principles that are meant to evoke cultural ethos that has emerged from the event. They were originally written by Larry Harvey as guidelines for organizing and then later a universal criterion of the general culture of the multifaceted movement. Does that make any sense? Here are the principles of uh, Burning Man. Radical inclusion, gifting, demodification, radical self-reliance, radical self-expression, communal effort, civic responsibility, leaving no trace, participation, and immediacy. I don't even, I mean, this, those are the principles of this miserable experience. And if you've seen any of the video, everyone's just flopping around in the mud. There's one video of a obese man, just about a 400 pound guy naked flopping around in the mud. And again, again, the mud and the sewage kind of ran together because all the porta bodies overflowed. Oh God, that just sounds so, so miserable. I will die without ever having gone to uh, burning man without ever having seen uh, the hippy dippies. 
or Sayer <laughs> or Boston with one O. What, a, what an awful way to spend your day. And I'm sure everybody was on drugs and drunk, but you know what? When you come down off the high or you wake up with a hangover and you got nothing, you got nothing but mud, you're in a tent. Oh, this is what they should do. Instead of Gitmo, we should get rid of Gitmo. Cost too much. Just have burning man. That's where we should keep convicted terrorists. That's where uh, Zarniev should spend. Forget that uh, maximum security in uh, Colorado. Put them all at, at Burning Man and let them live in the mud and the stink and the sewage. Man, uh, I would take a Jimmy Buffett show even even with the traffic in the crowds over a uh, Burning Man show any day. I, I, get the, I get the feeling lots of people are doing that, crossing that off their bucket list. I don't think I'm ever doing Burning Man. All right, we got a lot to get to on this Tuesday, September 5th. Um, we we uh, got the details on Buffett. It was uh, skin cancer that says that can kill you, that became the spread and can kill you in three weeks. It's really aggressive, fast moving. It's awful. But uh, I don't know what kind of... Uh, what kind of tributes there will be for Buffett. I'm sure I, I don't think he was religious. I'm sure there'll be a big, whatever farewell party. And Buffett would want you to have a good time and have a drink, drink, uh, have some boat drinks to uh, send him on his way. That's what we did. I cranked up the Buffett music and had some, uh, had some rum. No margaritas. That's what, uh, didn't do margaritas. I should have. I'm not a big fan of Margaritaville only because I've heard it a million times. That's the problem. It's the billboard uh, hit. With with uh with any act like this, the, the people, you know, the amateurs, the people on the fringe, they want to hear Margaritaville or Cheeseburger in Paradise. That's right. not wouldn't be my choice. I'd go with uh, uh, Cowboy in the Jungle or uh, one particular harbor, which is which I tweeted out the lyrics, and it's kind of a farewell to to you know to the world. He, he had a lot of songs about uh, growing old and dying, and uh, you know facing reality but uh speaking of growing old and dying we got to get to joe biden he made it to florida he didn't uh make an appearance with ron desantis smart move by desantis desantis had a great week handling things in uh in florida he did not want to be part of joe biden's cynical stunt which is what it was going to florida and talking about climate change we'll get to that also he made came to uh, philadelphia for uh for Labor Day to talk about working people and jobs and lying about all the jobs he created and talked about growing old. As you'd expect, he was his usual fumbling, bumbling, incoherent self. His wife, Dr. Jill, tested positive for COVID. He tested negative. Now, my question is, COVID's back in the news, as we've explained. COVID is back big time. And so are masks and so is testing. Why do you get tested you know, what's the point of getting tested now, especially if you got no symptoms? Like, why is Joe Biden being tested? I understand he's old, he's frail, he's sickly, but you feel no illness and yet you stub, stick that stupid thing up your nose? What, why? What do, you, what do you want to do that for? Your wife got COVID. She gets to stay in one of your mansions. By the way, there's a totally incoherent comment from Biden as he was walking somewhere. The media shouted questions and he talked about having no home. He said the Secret Service tore his home up, probably doing him a favor, looking for classified documents that he hide. But uh, and he said he has no home. Has no home. He's got a couple of mansions. He's got the White House. He's got Camp David. He's got billionaire billionaire friends who give him their homes for free. 
what the hell is he even talking about? But you got to say that about just about every, every time Biden talks, you have to say, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, no, no. If COVID's back, you know what that means? This guy's back. The evil elf, as we said, he is COVID. He's never going away. He's part of the political process. He is 83, I believe. He's retired. He's worth tens of millions of dollars. He got fabulous, fabulously wealthy through COVID. And you got a beautiful uh, Labor Day weekend where you know people do you know get away from it, get away from everything. He's going into the to the whatever the green room somewhere and doing an interview on CNN. And uh, CNN, I, I got to give him credit, actually did some journalism for a change. They actually asked Fauci some real questions. They didn't ask him how much money he made in royalties from big pharma companies, but they asked about masks and. Fauci blew it. He I mean, he doesn't know. He he he's run out of arguments. He knows masks don't work. He knows he said that before, and yet he can't explain why people should. He's trying to explain why people should mask up now, even though they didn't work then. This time they're going to work. So get ready. The masks are coming. The Boston Globe had a story. Obviously, I couldn't read it. It's uh, behind a paywall, and their question was: Is it time to bring back masks? <laughs> Definitely. They're, they're, they're doing it, man. They are doing it. They're going to, the kids, little children on planes are going to be forced to mask kids in school, in the military, fire departments, police departments, workplaces are going to start mandating masks and it is going to get ugly. We'll get you uh, um, the, 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 the comments from Fauci, which are about as incoherent as Biden's comments. And uh, the national guard is being called up in Massachusetts the sanctuary state invited all these illegal aliens to the to the to the state. Maura Healy, uh, Governor uh, Mayor Wu, they invited all as many. Come on in. Hate has no home here. You know, no human is illegal. And now they have the National Guard to uh, I don't know what to clean their hotel rooms, to give them food, to give them money, to give them phones. I don't know, but the National Guard is going to handle this uh, state of emergency in Massachusetts, and we have an unbelievable video from uh, a podcast that Philip Bump, if you don't know Philip Bump is, he's a hack from the Washington Post. He's a a Russian hoaxer. He's a Biden stooge, a total Biden uh, propagandist. And he went on a podcast and the host just pinned him to the wall asking about Biden's scandals, Biden's corruption. And it got to the point where Philip Bump stormed off the set. He couldn't handle being asked tough questions. It's just, it's just a great snapshot of the mainstream media, which is led by the Washington Post, which is there to defend and support their hero, Joe Biden. And they know there's a mountain of evidence against them, and they just live in denial. We'll get you that. It's incredible. I, this, my, that was my favorite video of the whole weekend, watching this little weasel try to defend Biden and just, just fail. He just couldn't do it. We'll, we'll get you, we'll get to that and lots more, but first. Excuse me. Hi, this is for you men over 40. Are you tired of having your sleep interrupted by multiple trips to the bathroom at night? Well, you're not alone. Over half of men over 40 experience age-related concerns with their prostate Fortunately, prominent holistic medical doctor David Brownstein believes that aging prostate concerns do not need to be inevitable. That's why Dr. Brownstein developed Prostate Revive, a powerful dietary supplement containing a unique blend of 15 key ingredients to promote prostate health and help alleviate 
the annoying symptoms of an aging prostate. So, men, as part of the special promotion, now you can get your own 30-day supply of Prostate Revive with an advanced formula containing a beta-cytosterol, sol palmetto, and a total of 15 prostate helpers in two capsules. You simply cover the $4.95 shipping and handling charge to get your trial supply. After your trial bottle, you'll continue to receive Prostate Revive for less than a dollar a day. You can opt out or opt in at any time with no further obligation. So try Prostate Revive today at just $4.95. Act right now to get a bottle of Prostate Revive and our special report, A Doctor's Guide to a Healthy Prostate, as a special bonus gift. Order now at tryprostaterevive.com or call 800-400-7890. That's prostaterevive.com or call 800-400-7890. This product is not intended to diagnose, prevent, treat, or cure any disease. All right, let's, uh, you, you know what? I want to start with uh, this I know we I know we talk about these climate change cultists a lot, but again, there is nothing more f- maddening, nothing more offensive than when they use death, they use destruction, they use dead kids to advance their agenda. They did it in Maui. They're still doing it in Maui, even though we've proven time and again it had nothing to do with climate change. It was. It was the bureaucrats on the ground that didn't sound the alarm, that didn't provide the water. It's their fault. They should be arrested. They should be jailed. Climate change is just an excuse. But as we all know, this, you know, there's no climate crisis. This is just a, a ploy by these, uh, these climate change fanatics to get more money, give more money and more power to government and control your life. Um, it's one thing if they do it in a vacuum, if they're just on some Sunday talk show and start babbling about you know, world temperatures and, and then all the things we have to do and retrofit buildings and get rid of gas stoves. That's annoying enough. But when they use just tragedies, just use tragedies, use dead children, use destroyed houses, towns, people have lost everything. And they step on that ground. They stand there on the graves of these people, on the carnage. And they start babbling about how we have to they, you know, tackle the climate crisis. And the only way to do that is to give him, this crook, more money and more power. It's just so disgusting and so cynical. This is Biden uh, a couple days after Hurricane Adelia uh, in Florida. And what does he do? Goes right to the climate change card, you know, right to it. Because you know what? He's, he's not capable of, of think, as we said, he's only got six thoughts in that calcified brain and he blurts out the thought and whether it's, you know, talking about things my father said, which are made up or telling people don't jump from the balcony or let's tackle the climate crisis. It just comes out. That's what comes out when there's death and destruction all around him. Not, we got to do everything. We got to hand, we can't politicize this. We got to help these people. We'll talk about this climate change scam later. Nope. He's got to use it. Yet, as he always does, whether it's his son, Bo, or his, his daughter, his first wife, he has got to use people's grief, people's uh, struggle to advance his agenda. Listen to this fool. I want to reiterate that appreciation today. I also convened my entire cabinet as part of a whole of government response. And that response is to increase the number and intensity of the extreme weather events asleep. where we're going to be use all the resources available to the government to do it. Nobody can deny the impact of climate crises. Nobody intelligent can deny (laughs) the impact of the climate crisis anymore. 
Just look around, around the nation and the world for that matter. Historic floods, intense droughts, extreme heat, deadly wildfires, wildfires that have caused serious damage like we've never seen before. Just since being president, in two and a half years, I've flown over more land burned to the ground as a consequence of wildfires than occupy the state or the entire land of the state of Maryland, from down in New Mexico and Alabama all up into Montana and around. It's been devastating. What a what a just what a pathetic. But I mean, he's literally reading. He's not not have a thought. He's literally reading, struggling to get through it. It lasts a minute, and he's struggling. And he says, nobody intelligent could question climate change. Oh, yes, we can. I don't, I mean, certainly people more intelligent than you or, or your vice president can question it. Plenty of scientists do. They don't get a lot of airtime in the mainstream media, a lot, a lot of coverage. Plenty of people cover it more extreme. There's not more extreme weather. We went over last year, last week, in the 1800s, there were devastating hurricanes that hit Florida and it killed tens of thousands, they killed tens of thousands of people. The death from extreme weather, deaths are down 99% uh, because we know that storms are coming, but they've always come at this time of year to these places. There's been extreme heat. There's been floods. There's been all kinds of weather since the beginning of time. It didn't change because people started using, you know, their SUVs or plastic straws. What a clown. So he goes from there in Florida up to Philadelphia for, uh, I think it's Philadelphia for, for Labor Day. And it was, it was, he, he sounded like even weaker. You're right, Ironhead. I mean, before you even get to the, the substance, just the sound, the tone, it's just, he just sounds so tired, so old, which he is. I mean, it just, it's sad. This is our leader for another year and a half, at least. I don't think he's uh, up for a second term, but he's got to go for another year and a half. And he was pandering to the unions and, you know, the working man lying about things his father told him. But uh, let's just listen to this little bit of this uh, absolutely weak, frail, kind of sad old man trying to invigorate this crowd of working people. Go ahead. Someone said, you know, uh, that Biden, he's getting old, man. I tell you what. Well, guess what? Guess what? I tell you, know, the only thing that comes today is a little bit of wisdom. I've been doing this, Lauren, anybody, and I guess what? I'm going to continue to do it with your help. Uh, two, two, two things. Two things. Guess what is not presidential. Guess what? You're not supposed to be 80 years old saying, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? That's what kids do. Guess what? I mean, once in a while, he just said, guess what? Like three times. I saw the speech. He probably said it 20 times. Guess what? Guess what? Secondly, the only things that, come, that comes with age is wisdom um, excuse me, excuse me, guy. I got a question. Is that really the only thing? <laughs> you know what else comes with age? In my experience, oh, a uh, little bit of dementia, a little bit of cognitive decline. Uh, you know what else comes with age? Death. That's what comes with age. <laughs> it's not just wisdom. Yeah, wisdom. When I think wisdom, I think Joe Biden. But that's apparently the plan heading into the uh, campaign. He's going to talk about. All those years in Washington has brought him great wisdom, brought him great wealth too. brought him tens of millions of dollars in ill-gotten gains through his various schemes and scams with his family. 
Which brings me to my favorite video of the weekend. Uh, Philip Bump, again, is a Washington Post, uh, I guess, you know, I was going to say reporter, but he's not a reporter. He's a propagandist. He's a Biden stooge. That's what he does. He wrote for years about the Russia hoax. Didn't need evidence for that one. Still, I think he still insists that Trump colluded with Russia because he's not very bright and he's completely bought and paid for. He's just a complete shill for the administration. For some reason, he went on this uh, podcast with a guy named Noam Noam Dwarman, who I believe owns the Comedy Cellar. Do I have that right, Ironhead? I think he's the, uh, and he does a podcast, I think, at his comedy club in yep. um, in uh, New York City. So he gets a Washington Post reporter on, and I don't even know, like, what normally Noam Dwarman does. Like, I don't know if he's, he always does politics. I don't know if he's a right winger. He does a great, great job. Uh, this is from the... Um, Fox News story says during a tense debate with podcast host Noam Dorman, Washington Post columnist Philip Bump left the set when the host kept insisting there is evidence that Joe Biden knew about and participated in Hunter Biden's corruption uh, with foreign business firms. After more than an hour, Dorman presented Bump uh, with what he saw as evidence that the president was involved in his son's corruption. He mentions the laptop, which uh, and, and a text from Hunter to his daughter saying he gives half his money to pops. That's pretty solid evidence. You know, that's, that's a guy talking to his own child. That's not, uh, you know, him releasing a statement or doing an interview. That's something he never thought would see the light of day. It did. Everyone wonders why Joe Biden is not named, why he's not getting uh, direct wire transfers from China, like his grandkids and his kids and his brother. Well, they found other ways to take care of pops, to take care of the big guy. Obviously, it's like the most obvious piece of evidence against him. I mean, that and the uh, burner phones and the encrypted messages and the aliases and the 20 shell companies those, and the and the uh, Shokin and uh, Bobolinsky and Devin Archer. There is never been more evidence of corruption against a sitting president. Never. Nothing even close. This clown is an alleged reporter and columnist for the Washington Post, and he doesn't want to hear it. It's pretty plain. I mean, it's not, again, like some weird encrypted message uh, with an alias. It's just Hunter's telling his daughter, yeah, I give him half my money to Pops. (laughs) He's as damning as it gets. If this were a Republican president, he'd be impeached already, and people like Philip Bump would be carrying the, the torches and the pitchforks to the White House. They'd have already been there, but they want to live in denial in this strange, you know, dishonest place where they say, oh, there's no evidence, no evidence. What do you need? I mean, you literally need a check that says made out to Joe Biden. that says for uh, bribes, uh, for influence, for access. Uh, short of that, clowns like this are never going to give it up. But watch this because it's great. And he can't handle it. And he walks off. You imagine being a reporter and these questions are too tough for you and you can't take it and you... Get out of there. It's just pathetic. Go ahead. Hey, you t- what do you take from the text message to his adult daughter? Uh, Hundreds of text messages. I have to give 50% of my income to pop. I have no idea what that means. I don't. I have no idea what that means. Well, it's, 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 it's. It, I know it's circumstantial evidence and you prefer that. No, what, what, what could it be? I, I have no idea. But doesn't it, I don't know. Well, did, I appreciate your, has anybody, has anybody time. asked her? I, I don't know. I don't know. Don't you think somebody should ask her? Okay. Like I, I'm not, I just said, I don't know. And I don't know what to make of it. So I have nothing yeah, but, to say you, about it. Yeah, what, but do, what do you want me to say? 
Yeah, but you say there's no evidence, no evidence. But then there's a text message where he says, I give pop 50% of my money. That's that's evidence. Okay, well, what? Do you, okay, fine, fine. So it's evidence. I appreciate you having me on. It doesn't, it, that something like that. Who do you think is being more? I, I listen to that and I'm saying, am okay, I, am I, okay, what, you, you can free you, to go. I, think, I feel you want me to leave, like just walk out in the middle of this because that way you can, you like can, say. You can go. Right. Is this a standard really? This is the way the Washington Post handles people who disagree yeah, when, with when them? when I agree to be on for 45 minutes. Go, go, And then go. I get on for an hour and 15. Yeah, go, that after a while go, I go. Go, Thanks go. for having me. Go, go, go. Good job by Noam Dwarman. That is, that is great. I mean, honest to God, that's the best. This is like one of their star reporters. He says, what do you make of the message that says, I give half my money to Pops? He says, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. What do you mean you don't know what it means? It couldn't be more obvious. It is self-explanatory. I give half my money to Pops. I can't believe, if, if not for the laptop, Joe Biden would have gotten away with everything. He would have gotten away with it, making millions and buying mansions and you know living the life he's living, is enriching his whole f- filthy, dirty, corrupt family. Thank God. Hunter was so messed up that he forgot the laptop. And we have a message that clearly involves, uh, indicts, uh, inc- uh, incriminates the president. Yes, I give half my money to Pops. And the Washington Post reporter says, I don't know what that means. Well, what else could it mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's his answer to everything. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it's hard, as I say every day. It is really hard being in the tank for uh, Joe Biden these days. And that's great evidence of it. Great job. Gnome, Gnome Dwarman. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to check out his podcast. Ironhead. I'm going to, I mean, maybe it's all comedy. Maybe you should be checking it out. It's, mostly, it's mostly comedy. Like comedians. Is that who he has on? Yeah. A lot. Of, I mean, he has a bunch of people on because uh, the comedy uh, seller is like so popular. Um, oh, yeah. So they have a bunch of people Good. coming through all the time. Good. I mean, I'm not sure why Philip Pump agreed to do that. I mean, I guess they live in that bubble where they don't think anyone's ever going to ask tough questions and no one will actually, you know, try to uh, try to get their prove that their hero Biden is involved in this. But it's just amazing. That says all you need. I mean, the fact that he said, I don't know what it means. I give half my money to Pops. I don't know what that means. What else could it mean? <laughs> what other definition? interpretation is there all right so, well let's go from one weasel we're going through, through all the weasels today let's get to uh should get to fauci let's get to fauci because man i am not ready for this little man to start p- appearing on my television appearing on my uh, laptop you know every damn day but as we've said he is a venal little creature and he can't walk away again it was a beautiful summer weekend the last big summer weekend He's retired. He's 83. He's fabulous wealthy. And he's tr- dragging his ass to some studio. I think this was Sunday on Labor Day weekend with uh, Michael Smirkanish, who is, you know, one of these alleged moderate centrist, normally very easy to ignore. But he did something that you rarely see on CNN. He did journalism. He asked Fauci a real question. A, co- a couple of them, by the way, it's a, uh, interview goes on for, I don't know, six, seven minutes, and it's good. Fauci is such a friggin' bald-faced liar. He doesn't, I mean, he is a psychopath. He does not think twice. And we'll get to that short montage, which is amazing. But let's watch Smirconis ask him about masks, and you tell me if 
Fauci, you know, our preeminent uh, expert epidemiologist, the highest paid bureaucrat in the federal government ever. You tell me if he makes any sense here at all. Let's listen to some of this. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic (laughs) as a whole... The data are less strong, but when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. When you took at the broad population level, like the Cochrane study, the data are less firm with regard to the effect on the overall pandemic. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about an individual's <laughs> effect on their own safety. That's a bit different than the broad population level. Dr. Fauci, look back and, and reflect and tell me, how would you do it differently with regard to kids? I am of the opinion that we erred on the side, this is probably inartfully said, of physical health not emotional health, and, and that putting our, our kids within parameters in the pandemic was not in their best interest. Do you share that perception, and if not, why? So, Michael, are you referring to the closing of schools and the negative impact yes. it has on development yes. and mental health? Yeah, I am. Well, certainly, yep. when, you were, yeah, when we were dealing, Michael, with the tsunami that we saw earlier on in the pandemic, when things had to be shut down because we were having hospitals that were overcrowded and we were having freezer trucks in front of hospitals in New York oh, and other cities freezer because we had no place to shut put the body. Oh, God, I can't stomach this. I can't do this. I cannot believe Jimmy Buffett's gone and this little weasel is still around. That is sad. <laughs> um, that's made up. The freezer trucks, there were no freezer trucks full of corpses. It's made up. It was debunked years ago. But the answer... And we, I don't want to play it again. Did you catch that answer? That masks work for individuals, but as the community as a whole, you know, in the broad way, the broad way of looking at the pandemic, Michael, I like, he always has to say the interviewer's name over and over. Michael, that's not like, what sense does that make? So he's saying that masks protect the individual, but not the community as a whole. What are you talking about? I mean, either they work or they don't. And we all know the answer to that. And he is just shameless talking about freezer trucks and hospitals being overwhelmed. That's coming. It's, it's coming and it's going to come gradually because they need it to peak next fall. They need it to peak. If Joe Biden is the nominee, they need more than anything. They need mail-in balloting and, and uh, early voting and everything else. But it's, there's kids going to school and being told they have to mask up after all we've been through, after all we've learned, this guy just won't stop lying. You want to see a great example of, of just a absolutely pathological liar. This is 20 seconds long. Do I have that right? Iron 20 seconds long. Yep. This is the same guy. We got one in July, uh, 2022, 2022. And then we got October, 2020, same guy, same, you know, looking in the camera, Listen to this guy. This, this, I mean, this is next level. I'm not sure Biden can lie this brazenly, but he, and he's, he knows he's on camera. He knows it's, 
it's permanent. You know, it's, we get to bring him back out and listen and he doesn't care. He just, he just doesn't care. Go ahead. First of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. And the record will show, Neil, that we didn't recommend shutting everything down. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Um, (laughs) And that was a very difficult decision because I knew it would have serious economic consequences, which it did. Oh, God, he's unbelievable. I mean, fortunately, he's not going to be you know, the right-hand man of you know, Biden um, through this, but he'll be doing interviews. He'll be on CNN and MSNBC, and they'll be fawning over him. He is a great lightning rod. There's no conservative Republican who has any respect for him, no one who listens to him, no one who believes him. Democrats still do. They still think he's, he's I don't know, I don't can't think he's honest, but they still think he's an authority after all we have been through. It is remarkable. This guy can't just take his... Tens of millions of dollars, his wards and his, it is, you know, hell, he got an award from Trump on the last day of Trump. And now he's like teaching at Georgetown. He just can't stop. He can't walk away. He can't just retire. Nobody can put him just like Biden and Feinstein and Grassley and, and uh, Mitch McConnell. Do these, do these old bastards ever just go away? <sighs> what do we got? We got more from uh, the evil elf. Yeah, this is him talking about social distancing in uh, 2019. Oh, God. God. By the way, we learned social distancing was a totally made-up concept. The six feet was just made up out of thin air. There was no science, no data to prove it from from this little worm. Nothing. They just made it up, put those little stickers in the CVS and the grocery store, said, you got to stand here. Totally made up, and we're going to do it again. It's unbelievable. Go ahead. Best way for me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Um, wearing a mask. No, um, no, no. Can you do that? <laughs> you, um, if somebody's, I can see they're ready to sneeze or cough, you, walk away. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and okay. do something positive. A, good diet. B, you don't smoke, I know. I know you don't drink, at least not very much, so that's pretty good. Get some exercise. I know that you don't get as much exercise as yes, you should. That's correct. Get good sleep. I think the, the normal, low-tech, healthy things okay. are the best thing that you can do. Wow. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That, he never said that from the start of COVID in February of uh, 2020. He never said diet and exercise. He never said do those simple things because he couldn't make any money off it. Once he started realizing that the more vaccines he sold, the more money he would make, he changed his tune. He never said Lose weight, get in shape, go to the gym, take a walk, get some sun. Never. Just like he never said, you know, ivermectin. He never said therapeutics. He never said natural immunity. He couldn't cash in. He couldn't make the financially and politically. Those things would not benefit him and his party. He is. I can't believe he's coming back. I cannot believe it. All right. We got a couple more things to get to. Let me do Shay and then we'll do. Uh, uh, we got to give you this report from a guy in Maui. It didn't get a lot of play over the weekend. I thought this thing was going to go global. Maybe it will. But we got a guy on the ground in Maui talking about the situation. And it's incredible. That's, there's, there's no media left there. There's no reporters walking through the charred remains in the city. Trying, No one's chasing Kaleo Manuel, that weirdo who worships water. Nobody. He's still at work. He's probably at work right now, showing up and revering water, worshiping water. Nobody's asking who didn't sound the sirens. Let's get that guy. Let's arrest him. 
the situation in Maui is a nightmare, but it's way over there and it's a, you know, and Joe Biden can't benefit from it politically. So they're not touching it. And the situation in Massachusetts isn't quite as bad, but it's bad. We got the national guard coming out to, you know, help all those migrants find hotel rooms and, you know, nice hotel rooms. The national guards, they're like Travago now or, or canoe. Their, their job is to help the migrants get nice hotel rooms. Isn't that swell? Excuse me. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. Uh, let me uh, get to this guy. We don't, I don't have this guy's name. I don't have his name. But he, he, he did this over the weekend. And like I said, I watched it. I couldn't believe it. And I said, why isn't? All the networks, maybe it's a holiday weekend. Why aren't they all the news networks? Why aren't the, you know, the newspapers, the website, why aren't they tracking him down and say, tell us, tell us more, give us details, help us out. This is a huge story. These are Americans. These are taxpayers burnt alive because of the negligence of the local government. And nobody seems to care. We don't have an updated death toll, which is incredible. Is it still 115? <laughs> 115, but seven, 800 missing kids. And the death toll is 115. How is that possible? This is going on three weeks and we don't know how many people died in a fire in the United States. Still 115. Yep. Is it still 115? Yep. That's unbelievable. I mean, you're not missing. They're not like, you know, huddled in the basement waiting to be found. They're dead. Why can't we know how many people died? because of the negligence of these, these, these uh, Democrats and, and other wacky liberals who are worshiping water and not clearing the forest and every other thing and not uh, sounding the alarm. But listen to this guy in Maui do a little video, just a minute or so, tell you, you know, things aren't going so well in Maui. Go ahead. Okay, at what point are we going to take this seriously? Now, this is coming directly from the State Department that there are at least 2,000 children unaccounted for. 2,000 children. What is going on? Why is it not being reported? Why are even serious commentators making kind of flippant jokes about this? Where is the government? Where are the answers? Someone needs to step up. Josh Green needs to step down. And we need to get answers here. We need to get answers immediately. And there is a huge cover-up going on in the media. They're suppressing Instagram videos. They're suppressing TikToks. They're suppressing all kinds of information because something really nefarious and really bad is going on, whether it's incompetence or impotence or 
actually worse. And I don't even know. I'm not espousing any conspiracy theories. I'm simply asking the question. And the second question is why no one's asking the question. That's the most important thing. This stuff needs to be shared. This stuff needs to be spread. We need to get to the bottom of this. And the mass media needs to step up and needs to interview people that had boots on the ground. And the social media companies need to stop suppressing these videos. And we need answers. 2,000 kids. That's like a 9-11. And no one's taking it seriously. No one even showed up. We were here. No one showed up. No one showed up forever. We we had guys on jet skis. We had surfers taking over and handling everything on jet skis. So let's figure this out. Surfers and jet skis, but no, you know, government officials. They're at the across the island in the in the Four Seasons, spending a thousand dollars a night. But I don't understand. I mean, it's a simple. He's right. It's a simple question. If you're whatever you're, some network news, sixty minutes. You're Anderson Cooper. Don't you just say, uh, hello, how many dead kids are we talking about? And how long can you cover it up? What do you get from covering up? Eventually, the number's going to get out. Are they just hoping people's minds are other places? They're focused on other places? They're focused on climate change in Florida or on whatever, uh, migrants overrunning cities that they forget about Maui? If he's right, that guy, and I, I, I don't know. Either way, I don't know. 2,000 kids, he's right, that's 9-11 style. That 2,000 kids, 2,000? Even if it's 500, when are we going to find out? When are we going to hear? And when are they going to hold the people responsible, uh, accountable? When are they going to hold that weirdo water guy responsible for this? It's just amazing. Just move on. Hold town, burnt to a crisp. Kids burned at home because they went home from school. People sitting in their cars trying to get out. Blocked, by the way. Blocked. The only exit from town. Blocked. Uh, Could we get some answers on that one, too? Why'd you block the road and leave people to roast to death in their cars? Eh, whatever. Climate change. Let's do just do climate change. Oh, it's just maddening. Uh, Speaking of maddening, uh, I don't really understand why people are upset about this in Massachusetts. They voted for this. They voted for Joe Biden overwhelmingly. They voted for Maura Healy. They voted for Michelle Wu. They voted for unfettered immigration. They wanted this. They voted for an open border. They got it. They just thought it would be, you know, Texas and and California and Arizona would pay the price. But no, thankfully, Governor Abbott shipped a bunch of immigrants, uh, a bunch of illegal aliens up here. Uh, now, Maura Healy has declared a, a a state of emergency and called up 250 members of the Mass National Guard to deploy to emergency shelter sites and hotels in 80 different communities. And what does that mean? Are they going to arrest these illegal aliens? Of course not. Of course not. They're going to help make them comfortable, make sure they have the National Guard is going to make sure illegal aliens who broke our laws, came into our country illegally, have everything they need. Uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts has more than 6,000 families in emergency shelters, including pregnant mothers and children. Pregnant mothers, that's sexist. How about pregnant people? <laughs> um, uh, many have come to this country in recent months, uh, including many from Haiti. So we got a bunch of Haitian immigrants, and the National Guard is going to be working uh, you know, the hotels, make sure, yo, know, did you get your room cleaned? You got everything you need? Did you mint on the pillow? <laughs> Do you need any recommendations for restaurants? 
<laughs> what else are they going to do? I mean, they're not going to arrest them. They're not going to stop them. They're putting them in hotels, not in, you know, deep blue, wealthy elite, uh, suburbs, not in you know Wellesley or certainly not in Martha's Vineyard, not going to be near, uh, you know, uh, John Kerry and Beacon Hill to put them in Woburn, to put them in small towns and they'll make sure they're comfortable and it'll cost, Oh, I got the number 45 million a month from Massachusetts, 45 million a month for Joe Biden's open border policies. I can't, you know what? We deserve it. We deserve it. This is what we voted for and the people in Massachusetts will vote for it again. The people in 2024, the people complaining now about their schools and hospitals being overrun with illegal aliens will vote for it again. You got what you wanted to. I'm happy for you. I, that will do it for today. That will do it for today. Anything else I, Ironhead, I missed? I know I, uh, oh, no. No, nothing, nothing of importance. I think we can we, we go out with a little JB, a little Jimmy Buffett, and don't play Margaritaville and don't play Cheeseburger in Paradise, please. Uh, one second. Which song would you like? I'm taking requests. Well, what's your favorite Jimmy Buffett song? I'm not a big Buffett guy. You should be. He's yeah, fun. I know. Uh, what was what was it? Come Monday. Uh, yeah, come Monday. Come Monday. This is my wedding. So this is a great song. Great, great song. But and it's about uh, Labor Day weekend. So it was apropos that uh, Jimmy passed away on uh, Labor Day weekend. But uh, uh, I love this song. But that'll do it. Thanks, everyone, for listening, for watching, for commenting. Thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Crank it up. To San Francisco For the Labor Day weekend show I got my hush puppies on I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll And honey, I didn't know That I'd be missing you so Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight I spent four lonely days in brown LA and I just want you back by my side. Yes, it's been quite a summer. Rent a car is Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.